All right, everyone. Thanks for downloading the Attitude Era podcast. Say <laughs> straight away. Okay, we. This is the thing, a long-standing thing, which I think uh, um, newer fans are always confused when we say bonus episodes because we say bonus episodes, but they usually follow the order of sequence and stuff from the timeline anyway. We don't say bonus episodes. You say bono episodes, which oh. confuses people even more. Actually, on Twitter, I got like this. It's like, oh. Recording a Bono episode this weekend, and people were like, mm, "What are you doing? A U2 one?" Oh, for God's sake! Because uh, yeah. U2 are obviously with their album downloading onto everyone's uh, Apple device Unwillingly. as we speak. Yeah, you're right there on your iWatch. Yeah, so we're not trying to court misfavor, but this is possibly the first ever legitimate bonus episode ever. Well, it it is unrelated to the Action Era, yeah. Completely. Well, tentatively completely. It's got Steve Austin, star of the Action Era, really. So. Yeah, our main man Steve Austin. This is something which me and Adam have just been wanting to do for a long time, which is to review the first episode of his new reality TV show, which airs on Country Music Television. It's only the Broken Skull Challenge. I'm Steve Austin, and I'm looking for the toughest badasses in America. Each week, I'm bringing eight elite athletes to my ranch to go head-to-head. Every round, competitors are knocked out until only one is left standing. That person earns the right to take on what I call the Skull Buster. A half-mile course with ten grueling obstacles that will test the will of even the most experienced athlete. Beat that, I'll give you $10,000 because you are one tough son of a... So, Broken School Challenge. This is, without a doubt, the most excited I've ever been to record an episode of the podcast. Really? I'm so jazzed to talk about this. <laughs> like, I don't think I'll get this feeling until WrestleMania 17. I'm so excited. Yeah, so if you're unaware, Steve Austin, after leaving the ring uh, for for you know health reasons in 2002 and riding off into the sunset, so to speak, Steve Austin kind of tried to go into films. Mm. He tried to try and separate himself from WWE. He did that like post-wrestling thing that people do, which means moving to California. Trying new things. Appearing on random straight-to-DVD um, films, basically. Or The Longest Yard, starring Adam Sandler. Sadly, Austin was um, not the rock when it came to films, and even Ew. though I can attest to some of his movies being ridiculously enjoyable, and also Austin in The Expendables, are you kidding me? I'm fucking believable. But yeah, sadly, Austin's movie career has never really taken off. No. He was good in Chuck that one time he was He there. was in Chuck. He was. Fucking hell. It's called Krauser or Kreiser. He was, he was a badass. He killed a dude with a pen. He was incredibly badass. <laughs> but Steve, in recent years, has become a much more infectious presence. And even though his WWE appearances went down, it seems like every wrestling fan these days is talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, still. And I think it's because, um, well, for one, as you're no doubt aware, Steve Austin's podcast is just a large part of most wrestling fans' lives now. That's true. That's very true. Not mine anymore. <laughs> oh, you stopped listening. I stopped listening a long time ago. Did you give up after Mo Darwich was given his papers? Mo Darwich is one of my favourite things about it. Just so I can hear <laughs> Austin go, "Give me Mo Darwich." <laughs> but now all it is is um, hunting story, followed by always let a cooler head prevail, followed by doesn't it suck when you get cut off on the freeway? Yeah. You know, wear your seatbelt when you're driving. It's always the same fucking thing. Hey guys, this week on the show, I got the schematics for the Trader Joe's car park. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, now and then he talks to his boy Teddy Fowler. Who I don't care about in and, the slightest. Uh, now and then he's got vermin problems. Yeah. And now and then he talks to his wife Crystal off... Uh, you can't hear what she's saying. Yeah, she Professional might. podcasting. It's like Billy in the corner, like, what do you reckon, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's weird because... Some people have noticed this, a few. When we started the Attitude Era podcast, which was spring 2013. Yes. Steve Austin was a very mystical figure in our minds. Oh yeah, he was was, untouchable. He was untouchable. He was showing up in his movies, but you know, he was still held in very high regard. In the more recent episodes of the Attitude Era podcast, and where we are at the moment, Steve is actually injured. Mm. But... You know, he has become, a, I don't want to say a comedic figure. Oh, no, he has. You he, think? He totally has. I mean, Austin's always had a, a big, strong comedy side to him. But now he's putting out, like, you know, three hours of content every week, audio-wise. <laughs> Audio, psh, whoop-ass. And he's telling funny stories, but all these stories do sort of devalue the Austin character. Like, I mean, imagine if 11-year-old Kevin found out the story about Austin choking on a cheeseburger, <laughs> driving down <laughs> yeah. the freeway. You'd be mortified no, that your true. hero was that flawed. That's you know? true. I mean, he's... He's certainly been demystified. I don't like because I, I still think I can appreciate Austin as a wrestler, and I, his matches are badass. Oh yeah, I watch. I still watch his segments all the time. But yeah, his podcast has really kind of developed this kind of cuddly Stone Cold Steve Austin. I like it to when Foley became commissioner in two thousand. Yeah. Austin is going through his kind of. You know, his comedic renaissance, his cuddly, like... His softer years. He's a a nice soft lad now, but he's still Stone Cold Steve Austin. That being said, opportunity comes a-knocking, and when three seasons of Redneck Island in the can and country music television approach you to have a reality show, I mean, good God in heaven, Steve Austin's going to be doing the Broken Skull Challenge. You better fucking believe it. And of course, in addition to us being in awe of Steve Austin, um, regular listeners of the show will know that me and Adam are also in awe of something else. To our neighbours out west in America, good God in heaven, we love your reality television. Oh, it's just the best. Well, don't mince words. It is the worst. It's the best because it's the worst. <laughs> it's so like, It's so bad that I just can't get enough. Hotel hell. Kitchen nightmare. I mean, it's, it's not just Gordon Ramsay. No, well, I mean, Gordon mostly... Ramsay is the core of it, obviously. Yeah. Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, tri- the holy trinity of Gordon Ramsay shows. That one where it's mall cops and it's like... Oh, oh more cops of America. Yeah, yeah, and they're at the Mall of America, and it's like it's snowing today, and Lex Luger is showing up. What the hell's going on here? There was one episode of that where there was a guy who couldn't find his car that he parked in the garage, and so one cop spent the entire episode looking for a car, <laughs> just wandering around a garage. And all these follow a series of tropes that we just love. One over dramatification of every single thing that happens. You get the low angle shot of the presenter of the show right at the beginning where it's all like, I'm Gordon Ramsay or I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, like, <laughs> sweeping around. Welcome to Hell's Kitchen. Oh, hell yeah. Sound effects after every sentence. So, Non-stop music. So like, for example, sort of like, I couldn't believe what Kevin said to me earlier. Or, oh, I don't think I'll be able to do this anymore. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's uh, stuff like that And the fact that they all follow this exact formula Made us the, the prospect Of Stone Cold Steve Austin Doing a reality show in, in this format, I just, I'm all over it Yeah The Broken Skull Challenge consists Of eight Bust-ass competitors <laughs> Of eight Bust-ass competitors Competing to see who is the most Badass in a knockout Elimination tournament for the right to win $10,000 by defeating Steve Austin's Skullbuster. Is that not the greatest synopsis you've 
ever heard. Now, immediately off the bat, you know it's going to be obstacles. Yeah. So I'm thinking, classically, Crystal Maze vibes. That's from the this first thing, initial yeah. thing that you think is, oh, this is going to be like Crystal Maze, but a little bit more bust ass than your average Crystal Maze. You think it's going to be the Crystal Maze, right? It opens up here and. <laughs> Straight away, we had we were going to do two episodes of this, and after the first episode, we were so worn out from we, laughing. We had to pause being, it within five minutes whoa. just to calm down. So yeah, we're thinking like, oh, it's going to be like Crystal Maze. Open up with this Christopher Nolan music. Like, My name's Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is the Broken School Challenge. So intense right off the bat. It's, so it's it's like wide-angle shots of the Broken Skull Ranch, which looks to be hell on earth. <laughs> Dead animals strewn about, barren landscapes, ash and mist and smoke coming up from crevices and oh. fissures. It is Mordor. It actually is. I gotta say, after all the hype about you know him rattling on about the Broken Skull Ranch on his podcast... To finally see it in HD, like, you know, actually what it looks like, it did not disappoint at all, did it? That is a badass ranch. According to himself at the top of the show, my name is Steve Austin, and I'm looking for some badasses. <laughs> Austin looks amazing at this. First of all, doesn't remove his sunglasses the entirety of or this cap. episode. He's got the sunglasses, the cap, other than that, pretty much formal Steve Austin yeah. gear, shorts, and a t-shirt. One little thing about this. Regular listeners of Steve Austin's podcast. Well, I mean, I wouldn't have picked up on this had it not been for Steve himself. Mm-hmm. Steve goes on and on and on in his show about his weight. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about it in general. It's one incident. Deer season this year, Stone Cold Steve Austin discovered Sierra Nevada Torpedo <laughs> IPA. Now, I used to be part of a beer club. That's a fucking nice beer. <laughs> and I went through a similar thing that he's going through summer second year in my undergrad. All yeah. right. The weight from the hoppy beer. No one's judging him. No one's judging him. He's he, more self-conscious he about it. He is so than, self-conscious yeah. about it. He's he always like, brings it up. He was like talking to like, it's like Ric Flair or something. He's like, oh, I'm trying to lose all this weight as well. Oh, it's like, oh, poor. Vader. Steve has been trying to lose the hunting season, sitting in the box with his boy Teddy Fowler, pounding six fucking beers into him. That weight. 8.5% IPA, like, knock the fucking dick out of you. Like, <laughs> so Steve Austin is, he looks all badass, and he admitted on his podcast as well that he felt very self-conscious filming this, because yeah. he got all these, for lack of a better word, studs. Yeah, th- th- these guys are jacked. And Steve Austin, I was on Tummy Patrol for all of this episode <laughs> to see if I could see it peeking out at any point, yeah. or looking a little bit... He was at very specific angles. Oh yeah, no, the, you, you actually don't see Austin all that much in the show, just from like you know the occasional side angle or you know a, a flashing shot as it whizzes by. The opening package of this shows mostly footage of struggling people writhing about. It's a lot of struggling, a lot of grunting, uh, and a lot of broken skull branding. Like Austin oh, is yeah. so heavy on the brand. He is. He wears his broken skull T-shirt. He's got the T-shirt. He's got a ring on his finger. <laughs> He's. He appears at the start. He comes in his big, huge four by four, and it's actually got a skull on the bonnet. This massive hood on him, and he gets shot inside of his hand on the wheel. And he's got a massive skull ring as well. I wonder who is driving that car. Hey, Steve Austin, what are you going to wear at WrestleMania 30? Is it your broken skull? <laughs> I, when he joined Twitter, it was like Steve Austin BS. Or people were like, 
what is that like a bad southern rocker what uh, is no he's like no it's, it's my ranch broken skull ranch broken skull ranch he's, got, he's done well to promote the branding it's got it's own show now yeah he's uh he's, he's finally got this moment in the sun with this now my favorite uh thing from the opening package here is literally just the way he says like if you can beat my course i'll give you ten thousand dollars this whole thing is just about ten grand. And like, usually, like reality shows in America are always about like you know fix my failing business mm. or help me become the number one blank like you yeah, know, yeah. model or whatever. Get a contract. It's some like aspirational thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not normally just have some money for a winning. A small amount of money. Not really that big, is it? Ten grand. I mean, any of the Irish fans here uh, who are listening in, you'll know that these guys are looking at at best the average takings on a game of you know winning streak basically from back home. That's our lotto program. It's very, ah. it's very good. Ah. It's colours and everything. <laughs> Wheels. But yeah, Steve's got his eight studs. Yeah. And these guys are they're studs. There's no there's no, and they're they're competing for this ten thousand dollars and also for a chance to defeat Steve Austin's Skullbuster. That's not his willy, that is his Ah no, come on. <laughs> the Skullbuster is his bust ass obstacle course, which you can download the schematics for on CMT.com. <laughs> Ten thousand dollars is not enough money for this. It's, no, when you when you look at how much work they have to put in for this, at the start I thought like, okay, ten grand, that's the prize, whatever. But then what we will find out is as we talk about this is a lot of grueling toil and work. Our contestants are introduced to them, and immediately it's your standard. I ain't here to make no friends. Yeah, the trash talking. Don't think I forgot about you, Daryl. You know, it kind of just <laughs> generic. And um, these were best described as eight wooden scared men. <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. Pretty much on the One nose. One or two have a bit of personality and character, but uh, they're soon chopped out straight away. At the yeah, start of the they're, they're culled off. I mean, we did go and watch another episode where there were eight bust-ass women who are far more charismatic. That was far more interesting. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, the bust-ass men come from various worlds of CrossFit, MMA, pro wrestling, yeah, and tough man competitions and guys who got kicked out of football leagues. Exactly, yeah, what you'd expect, basically. <laughs> um, Austin appears in his car at the start looking like a villain from Twisted Metal. Straight away, that beard. You're not fooling anyone, Steve. That's so dyed. I know a beard that is designed to cover up gels when I see one. <laughs> I read your book, Steve Austin. I wrote that fucking book. Um, watching all these wooden dudes at the start with no charisma, usually wearing some sort of shitty bandana and having a goatee or a yeah. soul patch, just reminds me of old FCW tapes, basically. <laughs> Hi, I'm Randy Orton, and I'm going to win the OVW title tonight. You got damn pretty tap. <laughs> At the immediate off the offset, usually in a reality show, I'll have picked a few favourites. Yeah. But I will admit I struggled to remain to remember names of these people. From the yeah, start. there's only one or two I actually know about. Austin here, we should point out, for all the time we're saying though that he's a soft and approachable and lovely and funny character. This is not podcast, Steve Austin. No, it's not. This is character. I'm a badass. I will kill you if you don't get off my ranch, Steve Austin. This is Steve Austin who's going to say everything up until including that's the bottom line because Stone Cold <laughs> said so because I think that might be copyrighted by WWE. <laughs> but he is very much in your face and Austin spends most of the time berating the people. Barking at them. Just not, and he, It's funny. He shouts at them non-stop in this. But most of the time, it's encouragement. Yeah, it's just so aggressive with his He's there, like, doing the whole, like, post-stunner, you know, leaning over, hands waving around his knees, going, yeah, you're doing really good. I hope you, you can get this. You just keep going and you'll keep doing it. Great form, you son of a bitch. 
he was asked a few times in his podcast what he said to people after he did the stunner and would get in their face. Yeah. He's obviously just complimented them there. Great job on the cell there, Mick. Oh my God, you make my shit look so good. Oh my God, have I left us with time to go to commercial? <laughs> We're introduced to the rules. It's three rounds. Yes. Three bust-ass competitions. Elimination tournament. Set across bust-ass terrain, as Steve calls it himself. He, uh, you know, right off the bat, I'm going to say now, throughout the entire show, he only says bust-ass twice, which I'm so disappointed about. I know, I like bust-ass as, as an adjective. He uses it a lot in his podcast. I think it's applicable in day-to-day life. <laughs> if you lose, you leave the ranch. Winners stay on, and it's like an elimination tournament. This is, like, this is awesome, because it's just like the, uh, was it the deadly game where only winners can proceed. <laughs> yeah. It's quite similar, actually, how it works. Basically. First up, Trench Warfare. The first round of competition day is called Trench Warfare. It's pretty damn simple. I will put one of you on this end of the trench. Other competitors gonna be on the other side of that trench. On my go, jump down in that trench. Be the first to ring your opponent's bell. This challenge ain't just about brawn. You gotta have brains too. Go around him, over him, through him. I don't give a rat's ass. You win, you stick around. You lose, haul ass, see you down the road. You gotta run and ring a little bell. (laughs) Hear that description though, it makes it sound so much bigger than it is. This, like, this is such an, it's an onslaught. Yeah. There's not a moment of rest. There isn't a moment where there isn't high octane music playing. Music's constantly blaring. Steve's shouting all the time. The camera shakes. Yeah, non-stop. Non-stop. It's rumbling. It is basically like Michael Bay is went to Steve Austin's ranch and had to go with the camera work. <laughs> so yeah, Austin gets all the guys up and they're all queued up for trench warfare. And he started riling them up. What do you think about your competition here? What competition? 07 cats behind you. Nope. They're not my competition. Not your competition. How you doing, Todd? Doing good. Can you kick ass? Oh yeah. Huh. What do you think about that, Jason? I think I'm gonna say this this talking <laughs> chumps around me. You hear that beard? He calling you a chump. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We will, because you guys are first up on trench warfare. He's like, they're all just stood there, and I think he was hoping that they would naturally start picking on each other. Get into character. He's right? like, big man. Little man over there ain't such a big man. What do you think about that, big man? <laughs> I think he ain't got nothing on me, Steve. You know, that cut. Yeah, he turns to the other guy and he's like, oh, what do you got to say about that? He goes up to him, he's like, hey, he's talking mess about you. <laughs> and see them guys over there? Well, they're talking mess about the guy in the purple bandana. <laughs> It's at its lowest common denominator. Trying to stir it up. Trying to stir it up. Yeah. Ooh, do you disagree with him? Like He said you were gay. <laughs> He's implying that he wants to win the competition. <laughs> Our first round is Jason versus Todd. And I should mention, Todd has a beard. And therefore, I want Todd to win. They start off, trench warfare. You are in a big water bath. And you have to run past the other man and ring his little ding-a-ling bell. And if you collide in the middle, you collide in the middle. And you have to take your top off. Anything goes. Except wearing a top. That, <laughs> that shit. Take that back to Florida, to Eddie Graham's territory. Straight away, I realised how wrong my assumptions were about this show. Because <laughs> at first, I thought, like you said, Crystal Maze or something yeah. like that. Then I realised this is nothing more than just big macho Takeshi's castle. <laughs> <straight away. laughs> That's all this is, is Takeshi's castle. He's- Craig Charles should be on commentary. <laughs> What a wazzock! He just took a stunner on the bu- on the skull buster. These lads just go straight into each other, and like 
you can hardly really tell because of the all the slow mo and the uh, the lack of tops and it's all splashy and stuff and the camera shaking. But like they're not allowed to throw punches from what I can from what I can gather. Just grappling, I think. But they're allowed to grapple, and good lord, they're grappling an awful lot. An awful lot. There's a lot of grunting and like. <laughs> the rules are the rules are at the mo- at the start were lost to me, but we had a lot of Greco-Roman wrestling. Basically, Jason Wood, Todd fucking loses for fuck's sake. I can't pick winners for shit. That's your guy now. Yeah, pace of this fucking Jesus Christ. The like. second that, that match is over as well, Austin just goes, "Oh, I love the smell of combat." <laughs> The morning. Austin's got so many ridiculous sound bites. In he this. keeps barking ten thousand dollars over and ten over. Ten thousand. It's a little bit of money. <laughs> Not enough for a down payment on a mortgage, <laughs> but your parents might be able to help you out. The economy is shit. Coming up next, it's Daniel versus Dustin in the trench. They fucking drown each other. Yeah, this gets fucking rough. There's a man, he's like holding his head underwater and Steve Austin's like, Oh, are you going to breathe in water, you piece of trash? <laughs> oh my God. Dustin loses, to which Steve Austin replies, Second place is a piece of shit. Jesus. Do you know what the rating is on this show? PG. PG. Yeah. PG. PG this is. He says son of a bitch. He says shit. Bust ass. Piss. Also, that, that one, if I remember rightly, that was quite close. Like the two bells. It went ding ding. Like, you know, it was very hard to tell who hit the bell first. He said it was by a frog's hair. If anyone should be judging something based on sound, it should not be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Who clearly? Every episode of his podcast, he mentions that he's half deaf, basically. He loves bringing it up. He is not the man to judge this competition. No, they are gonna, I've already found fault with that. Do you think uh, if someone rings a bell, then, like, I don't know, a runner comes over with a small piece of paper? Right, <laughs> like, you know. Coming up next is the battle of two football men who have played in lots of footballs. Brett, who is a hoss, taking on Joe, who is not a hoss. Yeah. Uh, Brett looks like, straight away, not only do I want to see Brett win and Brett was now my guy, I also wanted to see Brett maybe take on Rusev or Jack Swagger. <laughs> Get the full push. Seriously, Leonard F. Chikarison is pushing for it on commentary in Chikara. Where is our hoss division? I want this to become a reality. Did anyone get hurt in this? Not seriously, I don't think. Not majorly. Because it really looked like they were... It looks sore. It looks really sore. Guys keep like banging up against the water and the water's all dirty. Yeah. I'm sure it hurts. The water looks like gravy. (laughs) They're wrestling around the gravy. I guess. Uh, Maybe like Steve Austin's Thanksgiving challenge. (laughs) Brett wins this one fairly easily enough. Yeah, after that one, Steve was so fucking pumped up after that one. He just goes... Yeah! Son of a bitch, that was good. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, son of a bitch, that was good. Oh, hell yeah. He like fucking blows a gasket. And that was for things Steve Austin says after sex. (laughs) Coming up next, it's Kyle versus Ryan. And holy shit. Did I fall? I, we just fell in love immediately with this. I, I didn't fall in love immediately with Ryan because he, he spells Ryan with an O. Ryan, and, I will say about him, first and foremost, is a lovely bloke, all right? I will agree with you because I, I later became a fan of him after this. But he's introduced as Ryan with an O and he starts off by going like, I'm not your typical hippie dippy bullshit or whatever. And he starts saying- He's Van Damme, basically. He, you can hear this voice saying, I'm not a hippie or whatever. And then it cuts to him and he's there like his bandana on and his long dreads pushed back or whatever it is. I will channel the, the spirit of these woods. To I wanted him to lose straight away, basically. Oh my God. No, I was all about this guy. Because I mean, 
off the bat, if there was a bust-ass competitor to take home and introduce to your mom, yeah. it's this guy. But, ma'am, this is Ryan. He, he is a bust-ass competitor. Hello, ma'am. Nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet yeah. you. Lovely guy. Like smooth sailing Ashley Remington, this guy. <laughs> Kyle is a scary dude. Frightening, frightening man. He says he's going to kill that hippie. Yeah. And he looks like kind of like a baddie from GTA as well. He's got all, <laughs> he's got all tattoos. And no all remorse. That. And yeah, it's it's a beautiful one, two, three kid moment as uh, Smooth Sail and Ryan manages to just like really uh, overcome. Basically body slams him there. Yeah, he kills him. He fucking, he picks him up and he dumps him right in his head. By God. Actual badass this Ryan. And that then, man had a family. The best part is as well, because the other guy was talking so much trash beforehand. When he gets out, Steve just walks up and he's like, so what do you think of that then? And like, he doesn't say anything to start off with. It's just so tense. I'll get you next time, man. No, you won't. <laughs> you lost, you big loser. It was a recurring thing on Broken Skull Challenge is that by engaging in an act of trash talk, you were essentially, you were going to lose. Yeah. I felt like it was like, they were like, if they were, felt competitors were about to lose, like, hey, why don't you talk a little bit of mess about this guy? <laughs> so then Steve could go, oh! Oh, look where that got you! Who sucks now, you silly bastards? <laughs> I was really into this at this point. Um, oh yeah, I was so hooked in, immediately I fell in love with this show. Because in my notes, in capital letters, I wrote at the end of the page, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I found myself enjoying this way more than I originally thought I would. Totally. Coming up next, it's round two. The Pulverizer! Shit, this is so fucking horrible. Guys, congratulations, I'll make it through the first round. Y'all put on a hell of a show. I call this here... The Pulverizer. This course will pulverize your heart, your lungs, and your arms and legs. You will start at this end. On my go, you will haul ass with that rope and attach it to the sled. Along this course is 300 pounds worth of weights. You will pull the sled to each weight station. Load those weights in your sled. First person to load all their weights in the sled and pull that sled across that line wins the pulverizer and goes on for a chance at $10,000. Two people lose, gonna haul ass. They're gonna leave the Broken Skull Ranch. This, right, this, yeah, this is like the kind of thing, I don't know, it's like, it's like the Eliminator in The Simpsons. Yeah. Or like something from an episode of Recess. Like some evil gym teacher has devised this evil scheme of work. You're thinking there's no way this could actually exist and these people cannot actually be expected to do this. Can you take us through the rules for this? Right, so basically, oh god, it's so fucking complicated. <laughs> Right. That's what I, wrote, I just wrote down for the rules. They are convoluted. The way you need to imagine it is, there is a sled at one end of this long track, and then you have your man at the other end of the long track, and you have lots of weighted bags at three points in between the two. The guy has to run from one end with a rope, tie it to the sled, go all the way back to the other end, pull the sled towards the first set of weights, load the, no, run over again, load the weights onto the oh. sled, run back, pull them to the second set of weights. It is bust ass. He has to keep doing it until he's got like 90 pounds, I think they say, of weights all on there, and then pull it back over the finish line. But there's two guys doing it at the same time, so, so it's, it's a, a race. race. And oh hell yeah, you gotta lay the cheese, swing the boot, eat the fruit, mousetrap. <laughs> The final so four reveal more personal information as soon as this challenge starts. It's like, this will destroy your pulmonary system. I'm doing this for my dad, man. Yeah, straight away <laughs> they've all got motives now. Yeah, one of the guys is like, he's doing it because his fucking family's had cancer bills. Yeah. And it's like, give him the money. Please give him the money, Steve, oh. right now. But at this point, you and I are united 
Even though Brett is a hunk, yeah. Ryan was the man to win at we this point. We wanted Ryan. Because Ryan upstaged that no good baddie in the last That's one. True. So Ryan is the main man. So first, it's the aforementioned hunk, Brett, taking on Dustin. It's fucking madness. The, um, it's the ridiculous quantity of weights. Honestly, what they're expected to do here is just, it's unfair. It's genuinely unfair. I genuinely understand why Steve Austin kept going on about why he felt out of place. Yeah. Because these like, lads it, yeah, are there about to rip their arms out of their sockets all the way. And Steve Austin's like, yeah, that's a good technique. Keep on. Like, his, you're going to fucking do it. His role in this show is so weird. Because imagine if Richard E. Bryan, when he was hosting the Crystal Maze, would take you around. Like, you know, he'd host you and take you to the next section. And then while you're there trying to do the challenges, he's there going, Come on, you can do it, you son of a bitch. But the thing is, I know in Crystal Maze that he had the mental tact to solve all those... Most, if not all of them. Oh, he those. knew how to do them. Of course, he's the, of course, he had the he coat on him. Yeah, Steve, Steve Austin here. If Steve Austin was to run the pulverizer, he would literally just explode. Yeah. <laughs> he would explode, and all would be left is like a light foam of Sierra Nevada IPA torpedo. Ale. A pair of boots with steam coming off of them. <laughs> Damn fine beer. <laughs> uh, straight away, the commentary is just brilliant. Brett, the football player, going after the working man. Hey-ho, that <laughs> thing is heavier than a hog after feeding. Do you think Austin's commentary is ADR'd in, or do you reckon it was actually live audio? Some moments of it were. Yeah. But, like, obviously, when, like, you see him and he's taking his cap off and run, rubbing his heads, and there's, like, a helicopter shot in here, holy crap, this is really gonna be a close one. Yeah. That is clearly a post, yeah. You gotta understand, me and Kevin have watched so much of, like, Gordon Ramsay shows that we've become so, like, fucking picky. On We, we always pick up on the little things, like... In Gordon Ramsay's shows, be like, I can't believe what you said earlier, and that's why I'm going to help you finally. You know, it's so obviously dubbed in. Covering so his tracks, like, can't help but notice now. Yeah, no, I think by and large, the reactions that Austin gives to the people, at least to their face, there's none of this like, you know, they do in reality shows sometimes where someone says something and they'll use footage from something else. To you show never their see him in the same shot together. They're like, yeah, Austin is pretty much he's breathing on him so you can see him saying all the stuff and it is Austin you know this guy used to perform in front of live crowds without skipping a beat kind of thing so. yeah Austin's really good at, he's I great on say, his feet isn't he he's never a loss for words and no. he really ha- hits because this show without Austin is just like weird Oh yeah, completely. It's him that ties it all together. It, it, without Austin, the show is literally nothing. It's sort of like if if you were to explain the entire concept of the show without mentioning Stone Cold to someone, they'd be like, "Hey," and then you go, "Oh, and it's hosted by Stone Cold." So, oh, okay. oh, right, yeah. I see. Right, yeah. Brett at one point is caught cheating. Well, he does it wrong. So we get into the last stretch, and holy fuck, it's really tense. But yeah, um, Dustin wins and goes Oklahoma. Oklahoma! Ow! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> well, that was his impression of the NWA, basically. <laughs> Brett, like, fucking himself over at the end there, and, you know, the final, you know, last few seconds of tension. I was so fucking, like, worn out watching it. What I've just written down here is just, holy shit, Brett fucked himself. I'm so into this. <laughs> I, I got so heavily invested into it. Right, so Dustin obviously wins. Brett the Hunk loses. He's all glamour muscles anyway. Yeah. You know, he's all buys and tries, as they say. <laughs> Jason, who is gross, taking on Ryan, who is a Greek god. I got so fucking into this. Oh, man. You want to talk about a proper face and heel match right here. And we go right to a break just as they're through the moment of doing something. Yeah. And this, this show... I learned because most of our reality shows which we watch do involve Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> and they always will put a break at the most inconvenient moment. Of course. Ah, but I've come to realise 
that a man I really want to win, a physical contest, pulling a chain that's just about to beat another guy is a lot more tense than will Gordon Ramsay like this scallop? <laughs> Which is usually when these breaks are positioned. It, as it goes to break as well, Steve Austin, every time he goes break, you'll have a little soundbite from This right. one was, this is a war! Jesus. Um, I noticed in this one as well, because this was where it started getting really tense, Obviously, because it's just guys like when they're pulling the the sleds, they're just sat down pulling it. Yeah, yeah. And they can't just show that for ten minutes or whatever. So to make it more interesting, they do slow motion, like you know, <laughs> fast frame rate slow motion, like the good stuff with phantom cameras. It but, was so not worth. Oh well, yeah. Th- one, this show has got no right to look as good. No, as it well, does, anytime but... they do slow mo, you see them smile. Like particularly when they had the trench warfare, it goes into slow mo, and you see them smiling as they go into and grab each other. <laughs> it's so goofy. But the best part is the way they go into the slow mo is that the sound like and the, it just goes. It's bullet and, time and Max Payne. Well, no, because you know bullet time was just the sound slowed down, but this the music slows down as well. So it's like. <laughs> Stone Cold Stanley Kubrick was the one directing this episode. <laughs> Ryan gets gassed, and even though Jason goofs, he manages to win. Ryan goes back to Olympus with the other demigods. I was so fucking pissed that Ryan didn't make it. To quote Steve Austin, that was closer than two bears in a phone booth. <laughs> when he said that, I laughed so hard my ears popped. I just, two bears in a phone booth. That is rich, imaginative imagery from Steve Austin. <laughs> Great day, Steve. Well done. I wish I was a wordsmith like Steve is. Okay, so we're down to the final two. Yeah. And it's two men facing off. And they're going to be facing off to go and take on the Skullbuster. Yes. This is all for a shot at the Skullbuster. A shot at the Skullbuster. And that $10,000. <laughs> that pre-owned Prius can be yours. <laughs> we see what the contest is going to be that decides it. Which is... The Pit. The Pit, yeah. yeah so the pit. It's, Okay, so you're going to end it with just one-on-one wrestling. It's a sumo contest, essentially. There's a circle in the middle of a, of a big dusty path. Well, they've been, both been through so much by now that it's like, Particularly yeah, that pull fair enough. Thing. Just yeah. do this one last challenge, wrestle each other, and that's it, done with. And it's interesting. It's like, yeah, whoever does the pit will be the winner. They will go take on the Skullbuster. And then it's like, but then... But before you get to the pit, you must take on the Junkyard. The junkyard is very simple. Over there at the far end of the course, you have 600 pounds of scrap iron and junk, which you must drag to this end of the course. Once you're done transporting all your junk and scrap iron across the line, get into the pit. Once the other person gets to the pit, I will say go and you will do battle. Jason, you ready? I am. Dustin, you ready? Definitely. A whole ass, let's do this. But first, you gotta take on the junkyard. And then there's another bit, and not only is there another bit, it's fucking horrible. I was dying at this point. It's like, you must take on the junkyard. And it's all this fucking junk and then 18 tons of scrap metal used from the offsets in my factory where I make DVDs. (laughs) 600 pounds of junk to haul. Fucking hell. Then they have to wrestle. It's like, 
It's like you think you've got the final boss and then it's like, no, it's a boss rush before you get to the final boss. We should say as well, you've not just got to haul this junk. It's like a, what, what do you say, like a hundred meter track. Yeah. You've got to haul the junk from one end to the other piece by piece. And go over go obstacles. Go under and over obstacles. It's fucking horrendous. <laughs> I felt, even though the two guys are in the final now, Neither which Jason Dustin, I think, were they were the least charismatic of the oh, bunch. Oh yeah, they were so bland. But Jesus, you can't help but feel bad for him. And again, I think it's where a lot of Austin's like awkwardness comes in. These two lads have fucking killed themselves. Seriously. And then Steve is like, oh, you're just gonna go over here and do junkyard now. <laughs> Maybe do skullbuster or something. I don't know. Oh yeah, I did it once, but uh, <laughs> it's tough. I mean, <laughs> this is the first point in the show where I actually started to feel sick, like you know, from it being a bit too much. Because I would think I was too empathetic at this point. I started to feel tired. Yeah, when you're watching two men, like, just constantly strain... It's like the Passion of the Christ or something, you know? It really takes it out of you. Well, like, that was a very intense minute or two there where he introduces the concept of all these final challenges and hurdles. But once the junkyard actually stops, it becomes a much more apparent affair. 600 pounds of junk that needs to be moved from one end to the other. Austin's just getting him to do his fucking chores <laughs> at this stage. You gotta mow the lawn. Oh my God. Before you can take on the pit, you gotta hard limit my podcast and send it <laughs> on to Stacy. And, you know, make sure you get the chip in there and you back it up. Because, oh man, I done lost a few I did with Paul Heyman and John Cena. And I was not happy with that. I let myself down. I let the podcast down. <laughs> But, like, without the editing and music, what we have now is ten minutes of men slowly moving junk from one end of a room... From A to B. ...to another. Yeah. And it's boring. And to be fair, just running from one end of that track to the other would kill me. Like, flat out destroy me and, like, yeah. put me completely gassed. So these guys just up. dragging at this stage? Yeah, towards the end of the junkyard, they are just, like, they're fucking blown up. Austin claims they have to move this, quote... Ass load of weight <laughs> to get to the pit. So they finally do it. Jason gets in first, but it's like not much of a victory at all because they have to fucking... They have to wrestle now. Yeah, it's an inconsiderately large amount of work to go through and then wrestle straight afterwards. I think the point of it was to put both men to the point of exhaustion that the pit would only last 10 seconds. Yeah. Because imagine if there's just these two lads who were fresh that got into a dead heat. It would have went on for hours. That's true. So essentially, two tired men waddle around a little bit and then the other man falls on top of the other. Basically, Vader versus Mark Henry from Fully Loaded. (laughs) Jason gets the side headlock takeover that he collapses into and manages to win. His reward? A chance at the Skullbuster. But first, he gets to have a sleep. Thank God. I thought he was going to have to do the Skullbuster there and then. Which is just not fair. Like, at all. Austin's like, you did it. But you know what faces you next? It's the Skullbuster. Go get some rest. And he shakes his hand. And instead of saying goodbye, Steve goes... All ass. <laughs> He's like Bray Wyatt instead of Run. Like, all yeah. <laughs> ass. Well, I like to imagine though that he did what? actually. He went, he went back to the ranch with Steve, and like you know, Steve made him a good dinner or something, and like you know, they watched a couple of games on TV before they went to bed. Like, and then broken skull breakfast. Yeah, the you imagine it? It's like a big fucking muffin with a steak, a and- side of deer eggs, <laughs> a big glass of rat juice. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. We only grow rocks and weeds here on the broken skull ranch. I mean, at this point, though, I'm kind of wondering, Broken Skull Ranch Challenge, yeah, Double Cross Ranch Challenge, imagine that. Well, what you gotta do is maybe move some of this hay from my barn. (laughs) The final challenge is um, you'll go see Dory and... (laughs) 
we'll wrestle for New Japan Pro Wrestling and it'll be a non-title match. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a spin-off dying to be I, made. I want Terry Funk's cha- ranch challenge. Yeah, it'd just be like, you know, doing tasks around the house. And the only like- stipulation is you have to eat pork and beans. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Cactus Jack once in a promo with Terry Funk, uh, way back in WCW, was asked if he'd like to work on the Double Cross Ranch. And informed that he could only be paid by uh, food, which was pork and beans. Amazing. And uh, Cactus Jack also said in that promo that he would much rather hurt a man than love a woman. <laughs> nice side there. Any chance to talk about Terry Funk is all I'm saying. <laughs> Steve Austin is making this man fight for his father's cancer bills. Uh. It's daybreak, and Austin is introducing us to the Skullbuster, the boss battle. Ten bust-ass obstacles. <laughs> Alright, this, this is from the mouth himself. This is a fucking big one, folks. Settle yourselves in. Get a fucking cup of tea and a biscuit. Here are the ten obstacles of the Broken Skull Challenge's Skull Buster. This is the Skull Buster. A half-mile course with ten grueling obstacles that will test the will of even the most experienced athlete. Start you off right here at the backbreaker. That's a 60-pound log, which you must carry down a quarter-mile road. You will dump that log right there at the shredder. The shredder is 30 foot of barbed wire. Keep your ass down low, or it will cut you up. When you come out of the shredder, you go to the mud bath. This is your first restart element. If you fall in the mud, you must restart and do it again. Then it's on to the spider web. That's 60 foot of cargo netting across two 20 foot containers. Go over the spider web and you come to your second restart element, the nutcracker. This is all about balance and agility. You will go across the balance beam, jump four feet to the post, then cross the teeter-totter and finish by hitting the last three foot posts. The balance beam is only four inches wide. If you fall off and hit the sand, you must restart. Next is the commando crawl. This is your third restart element. The US Marines have been using this forever. It's 24 feet across and you'll be 12 feet above the ground. If you fall down before you touch the second post, you must restart. Then you come to the wall busters. Three military style walls increasing in height that you must go up and over. Then you come to the deep freeze. That water is 35 degrees. You must go over the first beam and under the second, then explode out and up Heartbreak Hill. That's a 100-foot hill with a 40-degree incline. It will destroy your legs, your lungs, and your lower back. You must run up that hill, circle that post, and run back down. Then you're facing your final obstacle, the rope burn. The rope burn is a 17-foot vertical climb up to a bell. If you climb up that rope and ring that bell, you have beaten my skull buster. Holy fuck. fucking hell. I need a cigarette after that. Like, you know. Right, so you've got the backbreaker. <laughs> the shredder. Mud bath. You know, it sounds, you know, nice little spa day. Yeah, yeah. Calm down. Spider web. <laughs> the nutcracker. For fuck's sake. Commando crawl. Wall busters. <laughs> what? Wall busters. Oh, Jesus. Deep freeze. Deep freeze. Heartbreak hill and rope burn. All right. I'll say off the bat, for the benefit of those who are thinking, should I go watch this? The answer is yes, you should go watch this. If you're in America, you can watch this on the CMT website for free. 
the entire obstacle course is in colours of brown, mm -hmm. beige, mm -hmm. light beige. Bronze. Everything is made out of very smooth wood or gloopy black brownie mud. Yeah. This entire thing looks fucking delicious. <laughs> right? This thing, the mud pit, it's just a big pecan pie. <laughs> it looks fucking glorious. There's always like but chocolate Viennetta fingers and the, like there's all the... It, Steve Austin's broken biscuit cake challenge is what I'm telling you. It's like the, uh, the chocolate world from Mario Kart, it basically. Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks fucking gloriously nice. My immediate reaction to that rundown there is this man will collapse at some point. Like, I was positive that he would genuinely collapse from exhaustion. Quick scan of the obstacles. The bust-ass wall busters look pretty, particularly formidable. And uh, yeah, the guy here, given that what he's hoping to achieve by winning this... But my diagnosis was this man was going to get cancer by doing this oh. obstacle course. Just from stress. Oh. It's fucking... It's ridiculous. Austin turns to him before he starts and goes, Ain't no one beat it. <laughs> it's episode one, you fucking prick. This is when Austin's also waited until now to reveal some sensitive information about the show. Obviously, Steve's not made of money. Yeah, I know. Um, so he's made it... <laughs> He's, he's, he's made it as hard as possible. I don't know, it's coming out of his own pocket. If you win, he's there writing the check. Oh, no, I, I assumed it was his money. But yeah, so if Jason wins, he wins the 10 grand. That's cool. Yeah. And then Jason will set the first ever record for the, the, school, buster. the school buster and the benchmark time. Now, the person that was to beat him next... If they do, if they beat the Skullbuster and they don't break the record, they don't get their money. Yeah. That money goes straight into Jason's pocket yeah. instead. So basically, this we know for a fact this is going to be the most grueling, horrific course it's ever. It's got to be bust ass. And the chance of even beating it is slim. But if you go on to beat it in the future and then find out after all that hard work, oh, you were three seconds too short. Now you're going to have to watch me hand over the ten grand to someone else. The other guy's just like in, you know, intensive care with a saline solution because he's so fucked after uh, being the Brokestill Challenge. Yeah, thumbs up. I got another ten Gs in the bank. Like incredibly unfair rule. Well, I thought it was kind of like the, uh, the Jeopardy rule with the champion staying on and maintaining the ability to gain more yeah, money. Yeah, but in Jeopardy, they didn't push you to the limit of human exertion like this. Uh, if... <laughs> and Trebek is not like Austin, like, is he? <laughs> you didn't phrase the answer in the form of an ass whooping. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, I made notes on the order as it happened. Because I couldn't remember uh, the names of the, of yeah, the, of the bust-ass obstacles. I'll call this match. Okay. okay. We start off with Logbuster. Log jamming. <laughs> For fuck's this is where basically you have to run down a slope with a big old log on your shoulder. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. But the real challenge is running in a straight line and keeping your eyes straight ahead of you when Stone Cold's behind you in a little golf cart. <laughs> Super Austin cart 64. Right, now, I'm not, not to fucking belabor this point any more than I already fucking have. And geez, with the Backlash episode coming up soon, we're going to get into <laughs> Steve Austin's physical shape again. I, I, you're right. Steve is in a cart, I get that. The person who is he's riding up against is carrying a fucking log. Yeah. You can't keep up. No, with a man carrying a log. He stay uh, he stays in shape. I remember watching Tough Enough and he went in the ring and he was fucking kicking yeah. ass. You know, I'm just saying mobility scooter driving around the park. <laughs> Whoa, speed I thought he'd be in the limo. Speed up, driver. <laughs> Next challenge, catch the chicken. <laughs> so that's pretty straightforward. That they one. get through this one pretty much yeah. easily, yeah. Straight into the shredder. Barbville, USA. <laughs> or the is, cheese grater, as it was also. <laughs> this is a commando crawl. So you're like, you know, you're crawling underneath 
uh, barbed wire. And I was like, Jesus, yeah. they can't make him do that. But the barbed wire is like, you know, five foot off the ground. So you're nowhere near touching it. Like. And also, before they go into it, they trade the barbed wire obstacle for the other one that Hinoko Sedevich had behind the Spanish men's table. We know now. Thanks for tweeting it. <laughs> <laughs> and they put that one out. But he gets through this one also pretty much unhindered. A breeze. Yeah. Then it's the mud bath. Pie now. times. <laughs> For fuck's sake. This is the one where it first like sunk in. It's like, fuck me, this looks difficult. It is a mud bath and he has to do a Tarzan jump over it you in a rope. To, you, have, like, you start on a tiny little post and you have to do a Tarzan jump on the rope, a swing, to land on another little post. Yeah, it's and, a very little post. Yeah, very, very thin. And he completely whiffs it the first time, lands on his ass in the mud. and like you know, in his, his, He loses his shoes and his dignity in this one. His shoe flies off and he lands ass first into a big oh, pile of mud. No. And Austin's just there, like you know, shaking his head. No. I thought it was over at that point. I thought once you fucked up, that was it. Game all right, over. you know what I thought it was. No, I think it's you have a ch- you you have to restart it if you fuck it up. Yeah, yeah, that's all. But it you is. Ha- you can give up at any time. Yeah. What I found weird about this now was that Austin again was barking orders, but he was being so encouraging. Oh, so here. encouraging. He wants you to win. Like, yeah. take my money. It's tax deductible. <laughs> oh hell yeah, IRS, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> But he gets back on the horse and he does another swing and he wins this time. Way! That's how you do it. Straight onto the spider web. Spider Mountain. I knew that was coming. <laughs> do you want to give the people some context to Spider Mountain? Oh, you basically made a. When we got into our Minecraft phase, you made a giant spider web mountain. I put a sign saying, beware of spider web mountain. Yeah, because if you go into it, you get all sticky and you can't get back out. And if you do get it, you, have to, you must never go back to spider web mountain. That's the gimmick. Fun the fact, gimmick. second picture ever posted on the Outdoor Podcast Facebook page was Adam making Kane. Adam and me making oh, yeah, Kane we in so, Minecraft. We were so into Minecraft, we made a giant bust of Kane in it for some reason. So thanks everyone for helping make the podcast be like, you know, something that we continue to do because you really halted our progress on Minecraft right there. <laughs> we were We were going places. <laughs> I love that we used to be the dudes that would put like a, a screenshot from Minecraft as our cover photo. <laughs> hey guys, look how cool this is. We made it. <laughs> but you have to like the new AJ Lost. So Spiderweb. This yeah. looks fucking awesome. It it's, looks really gruff. It's basically one of those big uh, rope climbing things that you get in kids' play parks, but like to the, the max. The ones that are like on the surface it looks grand but are obviously incredibly dangerous well the thing is as well when they're in play parks um, they're just pretty much you know not, not vertical but they're like a pyramid shape and you can climb up it and there's, you know, there's no room for you to fall through because you've always got a grip on it but this one there is a section where it is basically horizontal and that means that your feet will go straight through the net and you can miss so easily and he does and he fucking falls and, and like, this ain't like gladiators as well where you have giant inflatably things which would be quite frankly great fun to yeah. jump into you fall onto the bust ass terrain there's nothing there to stop you and he's just wearing his like his shorts and his vest that's all he's got to protect there's nothing, there's nothing there to soften the blow other than Steve Austin going you can do it he makes it to the other side of the spiderweb after a little bit of uh, falling. At this point, he's got a busted up nose. Like, oh, he's busted wide open, yeah. That made me gasp. Like, this is so fucking, like, gruelling that he's already got a nosebleed. He's not even halfway through it yet. Straight onto the nutcracker. Swan leg. <laughs> hey. Hey. This it, At is... this point, it's just human screwball scrabble. Yeah, no, I, I looked at this one and I said, this is literally impossible. Like, Austin's going crazy and his head becomes a marble and <laughs> it gets picked up and you put it at the top of the screwball scrabble. Like... <laughs> <laughs> this looks impossible. You've got to jump from like you know one tiny post to another, then go on like a really thin balancing beam. Once again, the thought of Steve Austin doing this—he no chance in fucking. I hell. would love to see them. Imagine they did this episode of it did either Tough Enough or NXT or whatever is their plan on doing with that whole because they're going to do something with that for the network. Have trainees run the Skullbuster? Yes. 
Or imagine do Legends House and they oh, run the... Oh no, there'd be too many mortalities. Yeah, Mean Gene will start crying because he can't get over the, oh. the pie one. Like uh, any, Anyway, <laughs> so there's like thin balancing beams. It looks incredibly trepidatious. It's, um, kind of like, it's basically a Sabu simulator, this one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what's it like to teeter and fall over and make a fool of yourself? One of them's a fucking seesaw as well as a balance beam. <laughs> it's so unfair. Look... If Screwball Scrabble was that easy, you'd beat it the first time you opened it on Christmas morning, and it'd be the worst gift ever. I never beat Screwball Scramble. Didn't get my ten grand. No way. No, I couldn't make it to the end. Oh, that's because that means I get your ten grand. Screwball <laughs> Scrabble, like somehow he falls off on the first attempt, but somehow he makes it through this without hurting himself or cracking his nuts. He, you know, I was genuinely really impressed with him at this point. Yeah, yeah. I know I was pretty bored of this guy earlier because he's not really got any flair or anything about him, but yeah, fucking hell, this guy is a trooper. And you know what, if it's going to go towards oncological research, do it for that at least. <laughs> Commando Crawl. Small soldiers. <laughs> this one is literally just, you are climbing across like, what would you say, it was like 20 feet? It's horizontally. like, it's kind of like, you know, Donkey Kong Country 2. One of the pirate levels where there's a lot of jumping from ropes to nets and stuff like that. But you're that. just shimmying across the yeah, ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like... Collecting the bananas, like. 15 feet in the air, shimmying across this big, massive rope. It must fucking kill your hands. But he does that without a hitch. Completely makes it through it. Straight to, this is the one we've all been looking forward to, Wallbusters. Mythbusters. Oh, I was literally going to ask, can you put in the... <laughs> The other one I had was Ballbusters. <laughs> Adam Savage and Jamie Heineman have got more than 20 years experience in the wall building industry. <laughs> and he makes a working man reference again. Yeah, another one. Yeah. Doing it for the working man. <laughs> this one is, you've got to jump over a six foot wall. Piece of cake. Then you've got to jump over an eight foot wall. Piece of cake. Ten foot wall. Piece of... i got to rip off your head and shit down your <laughs> neck. He stumbles a little bit on the ten foot wall, but again, he makes it over within like 30 oh, seconds or so. He's, he's pushed himself though. Yeah. It's taking its toll on. The Skullbuster doesn't win. It wins by attrition, Adam. But he makes it over. Totally fine. The and Skullbuster is like Flair in the 80s. It's working the body parts. <laughs> it's building to the figure four. Hops over. We can consider this wall busted. Hey! Straight into... And this is the one that made me actually like go... <gasps> like, it's the deep freeze. That's Mr. Freeze to you. <laughs> this is literally just... And I, this is where we disagree. Explain what it is. Right, it's a big, massive, ice-cold bath. You've got to jump into it, climb over one obstacle, then go under the ice-cold water, swim through it, and then hop back out the other and side. And then nominate three other people to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Right, I will say, at this point, the man has covered... His muffler's fallen out. Uh. He's got a bust-ass busted nose. He's covered in that old sweetened sugar from rolling around and all that chocolate. <laughs> That's the that's refreshing at the end. Nah, no way. He he is fucking exploding right now. He's like fucking at the limit. Of... I did the ice bucket challenge after mowing the lawn. That's not the same thing, and you know it. Of course it is it's not. Because when you I did had the... to go over two times, but you didn't have to carry on running straight afterwards. I had to empty the fucking box thing. It was like the pulverizer. He's at the limit of human endurance here. Like he's... I was at the limit of human nah, endurance. Fuck mate. off. You know. He is completely blown up right now. And to jump into literally ice cold water, it would fucking kill you. It's polio it's or something. It's too much like... of an extreme. Like, it would absolutely wipe you out. Makes it through the other side. Not a problem. Heartbreak Hill. Shawn Michaels Mountain. This. <laughs> This is like the entire time he was going up here. He, he makes it up about a third of the way. This, right, this thing lost its credibility for me. 
upon really? rewatching. It's a bust ass hill. It's very steep. Yeah, very. It's steep. a very steep hill, but and they crawl up it, but. They take these battlefield earth Dutch tilt angles <laughs> and it's like by the end of it it's like alright you're tilting a little bit to make it look steeper at the end of it they're basically upside down <laughs> it's like Batman in the 60s like they're walking up all of a sudden Herman Munster's going to come and go oh hello <laughs> what are you doing climbing up here is that Riddler up to no good like you know he makes it about a third of the way up no problem and then immediately it's like boom he starts slowing down I just immediately thinking like please don't throw up please don't throw up because he looks like he's <laughs> oh. and like it goes from like being like dun, 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 to the music's just like <laughs> it goes really serious like you see the sun beating down on him and everything and like, a vision of Willie Nelson appears to him like, <laughs> you've got to push on <laughs> do it for the sweet marijuana <laughs> yeah it was like it was a ridiculous this point because he starts collapsing. And again, yeah. like the, you're in this bust-ass terrain and they fiddled, fiddled around with the colour as well to make oh, it up. Yeah. It's basically like he's collapsed. He's like, you not be able to make it up the heartbreak hill. Damn it, I'll carry you. <laughs> it's great because they've added in, in in post, they've added in the typical, you know it's a hot scene because yeah. you can hear the... Like literally the sizzling a couple of on. shots of a hot looking skull they bought from Hot Topic like <laughs> just laying around there like he makes it to the top of Heartbreak Hill you have to run around a little post and then run right back down again but he does it so he's, he's done Heartbreak Hill and at this point I noticed like <laughs> can you please include a sound of oh it's going in right here his breathing is fucked Did, did Billy ever show you that video of like 30, um, was it St. Bernard's all at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> For comparison. <laughs> yeah, all right, I think we're pretty much like... It's Billy Gunn all over again. <laughs> He's going down like, I can't believe I beat the Skullbuster. Mr. Ass, where are we going? It's now the final challenge. Rope burn. Steve Kern. <laughs> no one makes it out of Florida. At this point, I was so fucking into the show. Like, I was generally sat there, like my hands gripping my knees, like, come on, man, fucking hell, you can do it. Like, we had our dinner at this stage now, so we were well into this. We oh, had, yeah, yeah. We were fucking you psyched. Know, the heart rate was up. The casserole content was up. <laughs> it was a good casserole. We were angry young men at this point. We had our big cast. Damn straight. At this point, also, I was thinking, like, how is this PG? Because it's so stressful and distressing. It, uh, like, this was distressing, yeah. Uh, I should say, Rokeburn is, was it, was it say 17 feet? 17 feet. It's a 17 foot high vertical rope. You just got to climb the rope and then ring the bell at the top. I haven't been reading somewhere that it was like physically impossible to climb I the rope. I wouldn't fucking be surprised. That is nuts. I'll tell you right now, I never climbed the rope in, in gym class. I stank at it. I was so bad at climbing rope. I mean, all I learned to do from trying to climb the rope when I was like 14 was how to flat back bump off a top of, of a relatively <laughs> high surface. Like That was it. Yeah, he's going up, climbing the rope, grabbing his hands. Climb the ladder, kid. Make yourself famous. It's one of these sad wounds where he never gets closer than the first attempt. First attempt. And like they keep getting the close-ups of his hands covered in blood and blisters. And, and you got all he's covered in dust as well, because this is a dust this is dust ass terrain. Let Seriously. me tell you. Bust ass dust ass terrain. <laughs> Coming up next on Bus Dusters. <laughs> and in a really sad moment, he gets a real big rope burn and you can see the blood coming out of his oh. hands. And Steve like 
it was as anticlimactic as like you know a, a really shitty I Quit match, of which you could reference many. But he just goes, "Give up." Yeah. Yeah, this is up there with you know Bret Hart, you know with uh, Bob Backlund. Do you quit? <laughs> it's worse than that. Do you give up? Yeah, it's literally. Didn't skip a beat. Yet. Game over, man. But then again, what can I say? I haven't done the Skullbuster Challenge. He knows that new hands would cost more than ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Austin looks at him and goes, "That Skullbuster done chewed you up." <laughs> Do you reckon the, that's what Austin says to burgers when he's eating them? Oh, for fuck's sake! And the guy's obviously like, I mean, because when people lose on game shows, they're obviously heartbroken about it. But this guy has been through literally physical hell to get to this point, and he failed at the very, very end. I can't imagine the heartbreak he's going through and Stone Cold just goes, I appreciate you coming down to the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the money. <laughs> I'd like to give you 200 mils of turtle wax. Thanks to our sponsors. <laughs> and also an all expenses paid trip to the Sierra Nevada brewery where you will sample Sherry's berries. He should be so lucky. He gets nothing. He leaves empty handed. See, the thing is, he didn't win the school buster. Didn't win the money. I reckon it was a false finish here because, I mean, if you do beat the Skullbuster, I reckon that's not it. The Skullbuster actually opens up wide and then Hershey the Wonder Dog comes out <laughs> and you got to wrestle him all greased up. <laughs> I think it's more like King of the Ring 99 where if you start getting to the top of the rope, <laughs> he really... just gets raised up and Big Boss Man comes out. <laughs> I love you, Steve. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Like. Yeah, Austin keeps his money. It's going to be a shot at the end of Austin, like the banker from Deal or No Deal, like, you know, closing his briefcase and walking away. Yeah, the guy's walking off with Noel Edmonds shaking his fist at him. But, like. but again, it's even more like Takeshi's Castle because, like, the guy doesn't win. And I'm guessing it's going to be a recurring theme of people not winning the Skullbuster. And, like, you know, Takeshi's Castle, they go through it to get to the very end, and the end is undoubtedly the hardest challenge. Yeah, And everyone well, always goes home sad. It's true. It's, it is, like... And as well, because Austin is so sympathetic to everyone, yeah. you actually, it's quite an emotional roller coaster. Because instead of going, you piece of trash, you didn't even be Mascot Buster, yeah. he's like, oh. Yeah, it's really sad. Hey, you can leave with your head held high. Oh. No one you tried it, you, you know, you can do it. I know some of you people out there are having trouble finding a job, but it will come around. I oh. love you. <laughs> and I'd like to thank Amazon.com. <laughs> you know? It was fucking awesome. That show fucking ruled. That was amazing. Seriously. For the the same reasons as a lot of the ridiculous shows from 9899 Easter Review. As in, non-stop, no making sense. Over the top. Over the top, insanity. But you know what? For 40 minutes of your time. <laughs> Please check it out. Check it's it out. It's so much fun. It's like, because you know what? I fucking really miss Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, yeah, And here's the thing about Steve Austin, the really, really sad, honest fact. Steve Austin can never truly come back to WWF. And this is like, this may be a bit of an outlying opinion, but since WWE's turned PG, Austin just can't be Austin. Anytime he comes back to be on the show, he can't be that character anymore. He can't say his things. He's just like a watered-down version of the what thing. He's a nice guy. We're happy to see him, but he can't be that character but here but here he's not that character again but he's as close as he's gotten since he's still got tough attitude enough. and yeah he's shouting at people and really getting into it because tough enough was really good but this is up there with tough enough if you like tough enough you actually really like this because austin's really good at this oh yeah and if you like his podcast and all the crazy shit he comes out with you know just the things he says as we're going to break alone make this worth watching as far as a first episode goes that was non-stop incredible action 
but you have to take it with the caveat of like 10 episodes yeah will it get old fast so we watched the second one as well yeah we had the second one this morning just, just, to, have just to, uh, to have a look see and this one featured eight bust ass women in their sexual prime <laughs> oh, guys oh, I gotta spill it out for you they're gonna do an obstacle course who ain't fantasized about seeing this show oh <laughs> Like you say, it was a lot more interesting. They actually like had a bit more. They were all more varied. And- yeah, because you had some people. There was someone who was like, um, there was like someone who was an MMA fighter, and then there yeah. was like a marketing executive and yeah. a radio show host. It was much more interesting. They had like you, you could recognize them as different characters, and actually, I, we from the get go were rooting for this one girl who went on to win and didn't win the Skullbuster, unfortunately. Oh, uh, because she was like the first round that she was in. Her opponent was an MMA fighter, and Steve's like. How long have you been doing that? Is that eight years? Like, wow, you're doing so well. You've come to do a reality show for country music <laughs> television. It's Career like, going well, is it? What do you think of Ashley? And Ashley, for the fucking record, was awesome. And she yeah. goes, well, bit camp instructing is not the same as fighting. And she loses. She gets her ass kicked. She loses so much. It's brilliant. But it was good. Still enjoyed episode two. Yeah. But it was exactly the same challenges as the I first I thought it was episode. cool, the fact that the women did the exact same challenges as the men. That's good. Identically. The, yeah, because we, we were both, we sort of watched the second one at the start of it. The like, preview for it was making it like it was going to be like... Oh, the first group of women I've had out here at the ranch. One of these bitches is going to get slapped. This is war. Hopefully I don't break a nail. She's lucky I don't break her face. Oh, no, you didn't. I ain't here to make no friends with no skanks. Yeah. But it actually was really fucking good. For we the we most were worried part. like, oh, God. See, he's going to accidentally say something misogynistic because we know he's not sexist, but you never no, know, he might something might slip out that's inappropriate. He's no Gordon Ramsay, like, but in the heat of a moment, particularly when they saw up to use slow mo when the girl decides to twerk after winning her round, yeah. it's like, is it going to be like this? But it actually wasn't. No, it was exactly so. the same as the men's course, which is fine. But I want a bit more variety. I'm kind of worried that this is all that he's got to offer is these same courses over and over you again. You say that, and I actually did a little bit of research. Oh. So, um, yeah, you'll be happy to know I have the full list of all of Steve Austin's many so challenges. So not just those few challenges. No, well, we had Trench Warfare and the Pulverizer. Yeah. We also have Possession, Loaded, Snatch, Stacked, Drag Race, Bagged. <laughs> Pain train, junkyard, grip and rip, chained up, blowout, barreled, the pit, and then the skull buster. So okay. That so is bust ass. Now I know that, you better fucking believe I'm going to watch every episode of this series. Adam. I've fallen in love with this show. Adam, I've been keeping a secret from you. I found out this afternoon, this entire time. What? It's not filmed at the Broken Skull Ranch. No! <laughs> really? Oh, son of a bitch. He did his media for it, and he was like, no one asked about it, but like, it was some really small local station asked him. No, no, no. And uh, yeah, it's actually filmed in a stretch of land outside of Los Angeles, which Steve Austin claims is meant to represent the broadcast. Oh, come on. Because I was thinking that like, this is the dungeon all over again. <laughs> Fucking hell. exactly the same thing. I was because I was thinking like, you know what? They've been on this ranch an awful long time, and I haven't seen a single rat. And as we know, <laughs> he's got rats like a motherfucker. Goddamn rats done chewed up my skullbuster. <laughs> you can't climb the rope. They ate it. <laughs> the ranch was a work. Yeah. I'm so miffed about that. Yeah. Damn. That's what happens when you work yourself into a shoot when you're trying to shoot a work, jabroni. <laughs> that was Stone Cold. Welcome <laughs> to the reality era, kids. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was actually Steve Austin that presented the show, at least, though, right? I don't know. It might have been Goldberg. <laughs> but, like, you know what? I want to say, because, like, Steve Austin, again, has become a bit of a comedy character in some regards, but I still love him. And oh, you yeah. know what? We've I've done the parodies of all the, the podcast one things. I think you can tell from the Jericho one and the JR one, I do have serious issues with those, just from, like, a podcasting point of view. Yeah. So many things about those shows can be really irritating. Very irritating. And you know what? JR's show, and we've got to get on the soapbox right here. A lot of people might agree. A lot of people, I think, do, though, judging from it. I think he's done more harm than good with that show. Yeah. When we saw that man live I had so much London, respect for him I had evening. so much respect for him. He seemed like cool, calm, collected. And you know what? Week on week, Jim Ross's podcast, he's made himself out to be... I just it's it's I don't think he understands how he's coming off. Very bitter. Very bitter. And Jericho does something understand how annoying and cheesy. He Jericho comes off. doesn't understand how to make a fucking podcast. I don't care about what's happening in American Horror Story. I don't watch that show. I don't get. Please get to the interesting part. Or Stop when, going on about what you're watching on or TV. Bray Wyatt ragging on his show. Oh, Christmas Sunday. <gasps> you remember that? What are you doing here, Bray? Bray, how did you get access <laughs> to my podcasting lair? <laughs> Cynthia, terminate the call. <laughs> Sorry, fans, there'll be no more podcasts until after SummerSlam. <laughs> but on that same token, Steve Austin... He's however, been consistently entertaining. Yeah, well... I, I, I always find it funny. I don't listen anymore, but it's never been enough for me to go, oh, fuck Steve Austin. Like, he tells know. the same stories over and over again, but I think everyone else who's done a podcast, it's made, it's done them more harm than good. Steve Austin has really, I think... He's done a great job of pulling himself back into the modern conscious definitely. of wrestling. And like, he's made a real name for himself and found his niche. And it's, you know what, if we can't have, you know, DTA, badass Steve Austin, because, you know, he's he's not going to be... Re- you know, by all accounts, it doesn't seem like he's going to wrestle again. No, no. So if we can't have that Steve Austin, let's have fucking entertaining can host a panel for 2K and have a bit of fun. Hell yeah. You know what? I'm happy to see this Steve Austin. And this was fucking entertaining as fuck. Yeah. A a toast to Steve Austin. Oh, hell yeah. And thank you very much for listening to a can of audio whoop-ass from the Attitude Era (laughs) podcast. All I want to do is thank you very much for listening in this very special Bobo episode. Obviously, um, you know, people may or may not know, Billy has moved away, so that's why we've been on a slower release schedule. Yes. So we have to arrange for Billy to come and visit us for us to actually get recordings done. So doing little episodes like this, sidetracks, you know, we only have 12 actual engineer pages. We need to pace ourselves. We need to pace ourselves, and, you know, that's kind of part and parcel of it. So thanks for bearing with us, but we will be able to drop out little bono episodes like this you know, along the way, and maybe yeah, extra, little ones. extra little ones. So thanks for bearing with us in that matter. Thanks everyone for following us on Twitter, at AE Podcast. Be sure to check us out during pay-per-views, live shows, Raw, NXT, that kind of thing. And here are news and views on wrestling in general. Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. The way to keep up with all of our comings and goings, be sure to check out the caption contest. Have you got fan art? Do you want to get in touch with us? Head over to facebook.com slash Attitude Era Podcast. Give us a like. It's the best way to get in touch and post content and let us know how you feel. Head on over to youtube.com forward slash AE Podcast and what you'll find there is some little clips we put together of some of our favourite moments from the podcast. You can see the Brood making their first ever promo and doing oh a fucking no. horrific job of it. You can see The Undertaker slitting his wrists and many more. Except the ones that WWE banned automatically. Yeah, straight up. Oh, you guys like a video of Vinnie Jet? No. No, sorry. Uh, not allowed. Only a few of us have been able to see that particular one. <laughs> Also go to Vine, which is linked to our Twitter account that Kevin mentioned before. And if you like stuffing things, as Billy would say, head on over to Botchamania.com. And if you want to support the podcast monetarily, 
you can give back a f- couple of quid, help us with the running of this thing, help us with the cost of having a member of the podcast come and go. Be sure to head over to selfie.com forward slash AE podcast. You can get our audio commentaries for wrestling films gone by. They're available for £3 to download and play alongside the movie. They are fun. They are bust ass. People love them. You want to help us out get a little bit of premium content? You can check it out there. Or if you're a hardcore member of the Glad Gay community, be sure to head over to squaredcircle.biz. Available now, the Attitude Era podcast t-shirt designed by the guys over at Squared Circle. Holy fuck, it's amazing. It's covered in all of our, in all of our comings and goings and our podcast things. It's one thing to try and sell a t-shirt, but we've actually got our own physical, we've actually held the t-shirt now and I can confirm it is a damn nice quality t-shirt. Oh my God, we've got them now. We actually have our own ones. Be sure if you get one, take a picture, send it to us, Facebook, Twitter, we'll post them up and give you a shout out. Also as well, to the fine gentleman who appeared wearing it at fucking SummerSlam. Can you believe it. Can you believe there was a positive of sitting beside the Doritos Jack guy? <laughs> Dude, thanks very much. We appreciate you inadvertently broadcasting us to millions of people. Well, actually, no, the network has got less than a million. To dozens of people. To the dozens and dozens of network subscribers. <laughs> but it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. I will catch you next time the Attitude Podcast, where we're going to look at Crash Holly's 24-7 reign, and we'll catch your ass down the road. Give me Chris Milkington, I want a remix. (laughs) 